Welcome to the third series of my podcast, Beyond the Water Cooler. I'm Lisa. As a psychologist, psychotherapist, and a business owner of It's Time for Change, I'm lucky enough to get involved with so many different aspects of employee engagement and experience. Whether that's about leadership style, mental health, the metaverse, attention and recruitment, after action reviews, or so much more, there is something on this podcast for everyone. My mantra is simple, get people right, get business right. You'll get to hear from some really interesting people who have stories, insights, and strategies to share about what it takes to be a great company with inspiring leadership, an awesome culture, and a wow workforce. So let's dive in. This week, it's just me, and it feels very lonely sitting here talking to myself. And honestly, I'm not in my comfort zone. But it was suggested to me a little while ago that I do a roundup of everything we've covered in the series um, of the podcast that's coming to an end for Christmas. And in true development style, I've decided to accept that challenge. And actually, it reminds me of a conversation that I had with a client yesterday who was almost bouncing with energy when I saw him. And he was wearing the biggest smile that he has had since we met a few months ago. And he proudly outlined the secrets that he has discovered to living a fulfilled life, sort of personally and in the workplace. And I was really struck by the overlap with so many of the key messages that have come up from this podcast. He talked about living by a set of guidelines rather than rules that allow him flexibility. And we've seen so many good and less good approaches to that with hybrid working and so many other companies' responses since the pandemic. And many companies claim to have that personalised approach to meeting needs, yet in reality, their rules still dominate and employees don't get to have a flexible personal approach that they would really benefit from that would enable them to, to thrive. He also shared the regular reminder that he needs to give himself to be human. And that sounds slightly random, um, but it's essentially about being okay with how he feels and accepting that the emotional responses that occur throughout the day are a natural reaction to the environment around us. And I guess sometimes sitting with those emotions is fine. We don't have to try to push them away or to change them. But other times we can choose to do something that does shift them. And I think it's a bit like uh, in a critic, we can make the choice, but where we focus our attention and our activity, we need to take ownership of unhelpful thoughts and beliefs if we want to change. So we need to be able to consciously put them down. And that's where I come back to self-awareness, which I talk a lot about. It's such an enabler. Trusting relationships as well is something that my client talked about. And we talk about relationships all the time and it's a, it's a given that, of course, we need them. But actually having people where we can bounce ideas and we can consult them for their perspective. And it sounds, again, it's really obvious, but 
if we want to remain objective and to gain confidence in how we're doing and to check that we are on the right path, then we need to be able to consult others about our choices, about our perspective, so that maybe we can feel confident in our own or we can shift our assumptions and our decisions. But of course, as my client pointed out, mess ups, although he used a slightly less PC term, are normal. And the sooner we get our heads around that, the better. Giving ourselves a break is as important as tolerating other people's mistakes or better still actually anticipating them because if people are developing they're going to make them and I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to get things right assuming that other people expect us to get things right that if we change that narrative and actually expect each other to make mistakes in light of being creative innovative then it takes a whole lot of pressure off and gives people the freedom to to do something new something different and all this is kind of, I guess, feeds into a really important message about when we recognize that we need to, to change, then we need to push ourselves out of our comfort zone in order to grow. If we want to develop and to innovate, we need to leave the comfort of the familiar repeated patterns that we live day to day and expect and accept the discomfort of change. So I'd like to say a huge thank you to George um, and I'm hoping that he may well write a blog which will push him very much out of his comfort zone um, on all that he has learned. But these lessons are so relevant today at a time when there is so much going on in the world with the cost of living crisis, strikes affecting our day to day as well as long awaited travel plans, supply chain issues, um, horror stories in the news. Many of us are feeling emotionally drained. And I think it's interesting that despite how much we apparently learned from the COVID era, we continue to run too fast. The sense of fatigue is exacerbated by companies who continue to focus outwards. They continue to drive on without pausing and looking inside and really helping increase the capacity of individuals within the company. Good employee experience and mental well-being and performance don't have to be about introducing new programs and getting excited about new initiatives that are aimed to make people happy or yet more training. And people, I think, sometimes are worried in the space and they just grab at things that come up, hoping that they'll be the solution. It might be as simple as creating more space. Pauses are about rebalancing the demands of the organization with the capacity of the people working on those demands. We can continue to run the car while the fuel light is on for a short period. But for so many of us, I think that their distance is beginning to run out. So companies have a choice to continue in the current way that is really impacting on people's level of energy, their ability to engage, to innovate, be productive with as many as one in four of us experiencing symptoms of burnout or put people at the heart of practice, recognizing that enabling people to thrive is a non-negotiable 
if companies want to succeed. I guess part of the problem, though, is the discrepancy between employer and employee perceptions about workplace dimensions being favourable for good mental well-being and therefore employee experience and performance. And I think when employers think, yeah, they're getting it all right, and then we ask employees who say, well, actually, on reality, the reality is quite different. Um, we realise there's a void that needs to be reduced. That's something that actually all the messages from the guests on my podcast have a huge amount of wisdom to be able to take away and change practice from within the organisation. So in the 12 episodes this season, we have covered a lot of ground. I deliberately talk about employee experience now rather than mental well-being or performance and engagement or leadership and culture because the term is so much more encompassing. And I found a few years ago that while I talk about one area, I tend to get put into the box and I don't like boxes. So I use the term employee experience because I think it just sums up everything that's relevant to people being able to thrive. So whether that's about their mental well-being or being able to perform well, if our experience is good, then we are happier and we are therefore more productive. It's common sense. And it means I've been able to talk to a really broad range of guests. Colin Minto shared all things OCD. And while that's quite a narrow focus, he was brilliant at drawing on all the lessons that can be applied to individual differences across the organisation, regardless of what they're about, whether it's mental health, neurodiversity or anything else. And on a completely different note, which is what I love about employee experience, Sophie and Alice from The Joyful taught communication and purpose from a whole new perspective. And although that's an area that many of my guests have touched upon, they talk about it with a real connection to the wider world and a really good lens in terms of unpicking what's going on in an organisation and what's communicated to the outside world. And it's the first time I've heard people who've set up a marketing company state that they hate marketing. <laughs> Discussing after action reviews with Rob Smedley was another opportunity to highlight the need for feedback and for employees to shape those processes that they engage with on a daily basis. And Andrew Dean added to that approach about turning up the volume on the voices for employees when he described the ideas laboratory as a process for identifying what works and what needs to change. The feedback theme also ties into state interviews that I talked about with Emma Browning, finding out about what employees' experience is really like so that you can do something about it before it's too late. Ultimately, experience is shaped by leadership and Graham Ballantyne shared the pros and cons of umbrella leadership as a style that can at times be necessary to protect teams, but it can also leave them feeling exposed if roles changed. And he shared his personal experience of that. Of course, when 
the experience isn't right, people leave. And Pete Sanders shared the challenge of recruitment, particularly when companies are reluctant to shine the light on themselves to identify the real reasons that vacancies exist. And along that line, Dr. Tracy Ray added a wealth of insight to the need to get the right people in the right roles with her expertise around the talent agenda. An episode that focused on something completely different was my conversation with Magnus Wood about the metaverse. And it really demonstrated that as the world becomes more tech orientated, we have to work harder at keeping a people-centered approach. I found it really interesting um, and realized that as the world becomes more digital, we have to remember that humans continue to exist behind the avatars and their removal from that face-to-face -face connection makes the whole employee experience agenda even harder to negotiate without really careful consideration. We heard about what makes companies really great from Danny and Lauren at Virgin Incentives and from Sarah at Oomph when they did a brilliant job of explaining what's really behind their company's success. And the thing I loved about both of those conversations is that the people are so passionate when they talk about their company that is so inspiring that they are so proud to be part of. And so much of what they say is common sense. Just listening provokes ideas that you can easily incorporate into your own practice. So while we have Christmas to take a break from work, for many, the stress of financial pressures in particular will maintain an unhealthy level of emotional arousal. And the logistics of such a busy period, not to mention the delights that can arise from family dynamics, means that the so-called break doesn't actually feel like one. So if you're relying on a return to work in January to feel refreshed and ready to go for the year ahead, then maybe you need to think again. You're possibly more likely to have a scenario on your hands, which is about staring at a year ahead that's going to feel like a new slog. One of the best pieces of advice right now is about providing your colleagues with hope, with a sense that something is going to change and to slow down, that the brakes are going to be put on and that time is going to be created just to listen and to learn and to change things based on that feedback. All that comes from creating that much needed space. Just imagine a year where people are confident that they can fulfill their roles in the time that they're meant to work, that they can take breaks to keep their energy and focus levels up, that they can think clearly, they can process information efficiently, they can prioritise effectively and perform in a way that feels good for them and delivers for the business. That's about reducing mental noise. So find out what is driving the fatigue, the overload, the feeling of stress, and then do something to address those systemic causes. 
This is about making your system more efficient rather than adding on layers of complexity with more sticky plasters. Don't overcomplicate it. Just go back to basics. Treat people like humans. Connect with your colleagues with a genuine curiosity and care and desire to build trust and support. And then we're really helping each other to experience the happiest, healthiest and most fulfilled selves. I'd encourage people to move away from the formulaic, this is how to do it models and to take a more human-centered approach. When we do that, we move the lens to be on impact rather than output and we increase the capacity, we increase our potential. It's really not rocket science. My guests have so much great advice about how to create amazing places to work where employees have the best experience. And what struck me about everything they had to share is that their successful practice is based on principles that have not required external consultants, expensive programs and lots of head scratching. They're about living and breathing the most obvious foundations for happy people. So as we come to the end of this podcast for 2022, I would urge you to create some space in your diary to simply ponder about what you need to feel and to be well in the new year. And what you need to find out about in terms of how that looks for your colleagues. And then to create space, to create the plan with the people it will impact. Simple. <laughs> so until I return in 2023, enjoy whatever the Christmas period has to bring for you. I look forward to joining you again on the other side. Thank you for joining me today on the Beyond the Water Cooler podcast. I hope it's got you thinking about how you can make a real difference to company culture that enables people to engage and thrive. I'm always about providing real value and so I need your help. Please rate the podcast and review it to let me know what you have enjoyed and found helpful. Maybe you also have ideas about specific topics or guests who you'd like to hear from in the future. If you would like to explore any of the points covered in these episodes, I would love to hear from you. Let's continue the conversation. Email me at it's time for change or connect with me on LinkedIn or why not pick up the phone? I love to walk and talk. My details are in the show notes. Please do let me know what inspires you. That way I can make sure what I'm talking about is most helpful. Until next time, bye for now. Bye.